Hello, welcome to the Roll Together podcast. Thank you for joining us for these podcast versions of our streamed shows from Twitch. You can always find our schedule of upcoming shows at twitch.tv slash rolltogetherrpg slash schedule. Please do leave a review and we look forward to adventuring together. Hello and welcome fans, nemeses and the befuddled to Talking is a Free Action. I hope you are watching and listening with great attention. If you don't know by now what is wrong with you, but just as a reminder, my name is The Faye and I represent the Question Masters here this week. As I'm sure you know, we are the multiverse's omniscient higher beings and in our search for yet more knowledge, I hope you will join me today in welcoming a new victim slash guest to my vessel of veracity. Yes, it's a boat. It's always been a boat. I don't know what you mean. Freshly kidnapped from the material plane, the mortal known as Jakarth. Now, lovely Jakarth, you're having a very interesting time in Neverwinter, and I just thought you could use a little break, and you might want to come and chat to me for a bit and share some of that lovely, lovely, lovely knowledge in your head. And also, we have suspicions that Jakarth and some other people in the material plane are linked through a higher being known as Josh. And I'm hoping that if we can, you know, just turn the screws just right, we can extract information from this Josh as well. So, Jakarth, my darling, how are we doing? I'm very confused as to where I am. Right, I was hunkered down in the bush a minute ago. Yes, you you were doing some squatting in a bush, but also some very good flips. I did enjoy those. Yes, I, I do like to flip. We'll see what we can do. Do you like my boat? It's very... It's very nice. It's very boaty. Correct. You are already politer and better than the last imbecile I had here. Well done. You've started well. Well... Before we see how much sick flipping you can do in my vessel of veracity, I suppose I should thank some of our important people. Um, We have been generously sponsored by the entities known as Hero Forge, Ultra Pro, Alchemy RPG, and Phoenix Dice. And we are supported by the wonderful idol champions Neverwinter and Elderwood Academy. And we have a particular place in our hearts, if we had them, for our audience members known as the D20 Club, our dice heads. They are in our good books for now, and if you would like to join them in our good books, and maybe on my boat, you can join them by supporting us on Patreon. It is a very nice boat, I have to say. You are a clever man. I like you already. If you can't join us in the Vessel of Veracity Live, you can always listen on your favourite podcasting app by searching for Roll Together RPG. And if you wanted to engage with us in a digital social fashion, you can find us on various social media locations under the same tag Roll Together RPG. I do believe my colleague and co-conspirator The Poppet has taken over a small corner of the internet called TikTok. But leaving that aside... Before we dive too deep, Jakarth, the vessel of veracity, my very nice boat, has summoned you. Over the next, ooh, 55 minutes or so, you shall traverse my 
vessel. There are challenges to overcome and puzzles to solve, but remember, if it all proves a little too much for you, talking is a free action. You can always choose to skip the particular problem ahead of you in exchange for imparting with some delicious, delicious knowledge. And don't you worry, at the end of an hour, I will send you back to that lovely little bush and you won't remember any of this. Does that sound good? Um, I don't care. Oh, okay. I was just going to say I'd like to remember it, but okay. Oh, you might not. Okay. Shall we see how you feel at the end? And if you would actually like to remember it, maybe there's something we could do. Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm so glad. Right, do you have such a thing as a D100 about your person? This is completely fine. If not, you're just leaving your fate in my hands. I don't know what one of them is. Does it look like this pulls out some dice? Do you know, it does look exactly like that. I'm very, very impressed. It would really help if I actually had some dice in my hand when I did that. But The magic of editing um, th- these dice, but in Josh's, I mean, Jakarth's yes. hands. Why don't you have dice? I, d- I did it digit- digitally. I've got them somewhere. They're behind me, I reckon. Okay. I rolled a 64. A 64. Let's find out before I get too upset by you not having the click clacks. Ah. I have D6s. That doesn't help in the situation, but I have D6s. <laughs> you could just roll those sort of... A lot. 92? No, that's not maths. Moving quickly, quickly on. Um, 64, you say? Yes. Well, then, as... Jakarth, you stand on the deck of my lovely, lovely vessel. Um, You spot a trapdoor in front of you, which um, you can open with one of those lovely crank round handles. Would you like to go through the trapdoor and descend into your first room? I mean, I don't think I'm going to have much choice, so yeah, why not? Excellent. I'm glad you are already resigned to your fate. As you descend down the trapdoor, there is a ladder set in the side. You get to the room inside, and it's a very plush and lovely cabin. Um, Very nice, rich furnishings, a lovely porthole looking out onto a beautiful sea. Um, Sitting in this cabin is Rex, your wonderful friend Rex. However, Rex is sitting on the bed. Rex is also standing by the door. There are not one, but two Rexes. Both instantly start to tell you that they are Rex and that the other one is a nefarious clone. And thank goodness you have come. What do you do? Well, first of all, I thought you'd learnt some sort of cool spell that allowed you to copy yourself, which, to be honest, I wouldn't put past you being able to do that. Um, I would like to see if there's any visual discrepancies between the two Rexes. Oh, how do you do that? Are you going to go with a sort of investigation kind of close examination, or are you going to perceive them? I'd like to perceive them. I'm going to do the whole that whole spot the difference thing oh, that I've damn. seen in in the books in the in the smaller 
play school areas that I've been past when I've been on my adventures. You sort of like one person's wearing a mask, the other one's not, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how good are you in general at perceiving things? Uh, quite good. Quite good. Um, let's see what you can see. Ooh, as you perceive, my clone has not done a very good job. Um, if if my clone was rolling to see how good he was at deceiving, he would have rolled a two. Um, you spot one Rex looks like a very, very old man. The other Rex looks like a very young man who's had a very difficult life, is inexplicably haggard for a young man in his, what, 20s or 30s, and has the voice, wheeze, stoop, and demeanour of being ancient, but you feel maybe isn't. That's the Rex that I will approach, because both descriptions fit both versions of Rex. <laughs> Hello! I mean, that, that sounds like you. I mean, you're not visibly old, whereas the other one is, and I know you're not that old, because we're almost the same age. We are, but everyone always assumes I'm very old. I think it's because I sound like this. Yes. The um, other rector across the room goes, but you sound like, th- I mean, I sound like this. How could I possibly not be an 87-year-old man? Because we both came to the Church of Kelimvor at almost the same time, so he's roughly the same age as I am. So but, I know that he's not 87 years old like you are. But I don't... You don't sound like this. What What happened to your voice? It's just called living a hard life for Rex. Anyway, I... My life was hard, but... I just, it didn't affect my voice in that way. It affected me in other places gesturing to the scales that I have. Um, Good clarification. I'm I'm not quite sure what to do here. I mean, I don't want to hurt either of you, so I don't see the point in doing that. This is the Rex I choose. I look up towards to see if the Fae is anywhere. (laughs) You can't see her, but you feel a sense of mocking disdain that lets you know she's watching. I feel... Somewhat scolded. Hmm. But yeah, no, uh, this is, I'm going to stand next to young Rex. This one's the one that I know. Are you sure? They both say in creepy, creepy unison. Yes. Very well, says the haggard, definite clone as the jaw elongates, claws spring out of hands, eyes sink back into their sockets and start to weep blood. And your good buddy Rex, old man Rex, turns into an absolutely horrifying, sort of feral, golem-esque, shriveled being with... um, uh, I've forgotten the word. The word for claws, but on your teeth. Fangs? Fangs! Thank you, Josh! (laughs) My brain went somewhere. Fangs and claws, slavering, grimy, um, deranged look in their eyes. And 
And from the way their body is tensing, you feel like they're about to spring at your good buddy Rex. I instantly stand in between Rex and it, and I'm, if I'm able to, I'm instantly going to shoot it. Excellent. It is, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's a reasonably sized cabin, but it is still a cabin. So the clone is maybe 15 feet from you. That's um, fine. Uh, hopefully that means it'll be a bit more of an impactful shot. <laughs> excellent. Um, it is leaping towards you. Do you fire off an arrow? Yes, I do. Is there anything in particular about how you shoot? Are you being fancy, dramatic, or are you just... I think in this instance, because it's such a knee-jerk reaction, I've sidestepped in front of Rex, so he isn't the one that gets pounced upon, and it's more of a quick draw, almost almost like from the hip type fire, so it's quick draw fire. Very nice. Um, let's see how good at dodging I am. Not very good at dodging. The arrow skewers your golem-esque nightmare through the left shoulder, spinning it back somewhat. Um, they keep coming. Uh, I will try to fire another arrow until they get within five feet of me, and then I'll, I may have to switch to other tactics. <laughs> Um, I am intrigued about the other tactics. However, we do not need them. The second arrow is enough. Um, skewering your horrible facsimile of your beloved friend Rex. Wouldn't it be awful if anything ever happened to him? Um, you, The arrow goes through the ribcage and with a... Um, the creature dissolves into inky, inky icker that leaves a little sludge on the carpet. That was horrifying. Uh, are you okay? Um, you turn. Rex is gone. Rex. Oh, bugger it. If you can hear me, you and Hera get back to Neverwinter as soon as you can safely, please. Oh, sweetheart. Me... He was never really here. This isn't what this is. I bring all your little friends together for a little picnic. That's not quite what I do. Oh. Part of me would have liked that. Yes, that's why oh. I didn't do it. Oh, okay. Alright. Whereabouts do I go next, then? Do you want me to climb back up, or is there another door for me to go through? I mean, firstly, I want you to fix the mess you made on my carpet. Uh, I mean, uh, fair enough. Let me just have a quick look at what I can do about that. I'm going to move my hand around and I will cast uh, I'll actually I'll place my hand on the deck of the cabin and I will cast Druidcraft in order to cause some flowers to sort of come up out of the ground and then they absorb the sludge into their roots turn black and then die and then just disappear into dust ooh I wasn't expecting you to actually do that. That that's rather lovely. What what do you call that flower? Um, I think that was a, I think that was an ivy. I oh. think. I I liked it. I could use more of that around. I'll have to bear that in mind. Um, yes, all right then. I suppose you can go on, and um, you spot the door 
leading from the cabin into what should just be a corridor, right? One would hope. But I'll have my bow and arrow out just in case. <laughs> would you like to roll me a d100? I shall indeed. That is a 28. I'm going to roll my 2d6s that I've got here, so it makes it sound like I've just rolled. <laughs> sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. Interesting. Um, you enter. You open this door into a corridor, and it is, in fact, a corridor. You were expecting something maybe sneakier, and it is a corridor. But... Wait, why would they make a corridor on a ship out of stone? That feels like a problem for buoyancy. And it's very dark. There aren't any windows with the beautiful view of the sea. It's just a stone, long, square tunnel. Um, it smells bad. Would you? What would you like to do? Would you like to take a look around? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I think the first thing that I should do is maybe look for some traps i reckon make sure that the, the there's no none of those you know loose panel things on the floor or anything that might be fire out of the wall or anything like that i've been caught by that a couple of times what i would never put a trap in this tunnel what are you talking about how are you going to check for traps uh, i would i think it would be a combination of perception and investigation so i would look to see if there is anything untoward like maybe some arrow holes in the wall and if i spot those i'll then see if i can find a trigger mechanism around or you know and i'll also not get on my hands and knees but sort of military style the way that they sweep for landmines is they will take a step forward and sort of do an, like mm. a wax on wax off movement with my feet and i'll do that going across and if i feel a pressure plate I will stop and sort of take a step back and then investigate. You are a very clever, wise and fortunate being because as you do this, uh, making your way along the corridor lit by flickering torches, you know, strewn with detritus of odd bones and skeletal remains, the whole nine yards, as you go paying special attention to the floor, Sure enough, you sweep and you feel the ground start to give way in front of your feet. So presuming you do not keep walking forwards. Nope. Step back. Um, a pit trap just appears. The floor flips over and opens into a spike pit right in front of you. You have avoided falling in you are on the other side of it though between there is a pit trap now between you and the door ah uh, i've got a decision to make here um how far is the gap that the pit trap has made do you know what that is such a good question that i am going to arbitrarily decide is 15 feet 15 feet right um i've got a decision to make here then haven't i do i i climb it wait easily but uh, i'm gonna look at the ceiling to see if there's any sort of reverse trap if that makes sense say if somebody Ooh. was to try and climb up it they might 
it might fall. Also, not a way to put the floor back, but a, a, an extra trap. An extra trap in the same place as the current trap. Like oh. Maybe a weak ceiling or something. Do you know, I wish there was, but looking around, you feel pretty confident that the Fae thought her yawning pit trap was enough. Okay, uh, what I'll do then, because I, I need to save some of my abilities, I will shake my hands a bit, and then my claws will extend out both my hands. Of, my left hand is completely draconic, uh, red-scaled. The other one has got some little scales on it, but both claws extend out. I'll walk over to the edge of the pit, and I will just put my hands into the wall, and then I'll climb across. I have a climb speed of certain amount. Where's my climbing speed? I do have a climbing speed, but I don't I will, know where I it is. I will trust you. It's all good. I think it's 20 feet. No, I have a climbing speed equal to my walking speed, which is 35 feet. Oh, fantastic. Then yes, you make it across in no time. Do you stick to the wall till you get to the door, or do you drop back onto the floor? Um, I think caution makes it so I stick to the wall as I go oh. along, unless I see any holes in the wall. <laughs> Understood. Um, no, you make your way along the rest of the corridor to the door. However, just as you're about to open the door and go through, the Fae materialises in front of you with a sardonic hand clap. I do enjoy it when they fall in, you know? Yeah, it seems I, I don't need any extra holes in me, thank you. No. And I know I should be impressed and congratulate you, and I've learnt knowledge that if you have, you know, a strangely draconic hand, then you're very good at climbing across walls, and that knowledge is useful, and that is my purpose here according to my contract, but it's so funny when they fall in. I just... Well, I'm gonna have to go through the door then, I'm afraid, sorry. Well, you could, but I just, I don't think you've quite earned it. You've, you've technically succeeded, but you didn't make me laugh. And so I think I want to speak to your, um, your higher being and see if, see if something more interesting and, you know, less just annoyingly competent can be gleaned from him. So you mean you want me to, you want talking is a free action? That is what I want. Hello, Josh. Hi. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm on a boat, so I'm having a great time. Are you having fun on my boat? On a boat? It is a very nice boat. It is, it is, um, a, don't tell Tom this, but it is a, a lot nicer than the, the, the scary puppet dungeon that I went through before as a different character. See, some people tell me that the Fae is mean compared to some of the other question lords, but I think my villa slash vessel of veracity is perfectly lovely. I didn't say whether they were nicer or not. I just said their accommodation was nicer. I provide lovely accommodation, so I must be a lovely, terrifying entity, and I stand by that. That's fair. Um, I'm so glad we got to see... I mean, I'm aware just in the very, very silliness of the last 20 minutes, but Jakarth's draconic abilities come into play because up to this point of what we've seen of Jakarth, and there might be spoilers to come... We don't know much about how he got his draconicness, except he let slip something about Antoni at the end of is it Viscous Cycle. Yeah, so during Viscous Cycle, it was revealed that Antoni had experimented on Jakarth at some point in his life and caused the 
draconicness that is um, on his body now. It's not quite. He's not. He's not like fused with a dragonborn type thing. It mm-hmm. is. It's actual dragonness inside of him. So he has drag. Um, a way that I've. I haven't really explained it very well before, but as a ranger, I have spells and spell mm-hmm. slots, but he got his abilities as an adventurer through uh, the dragon blood, so I've changed some of the spell names to draconic-ish type naming things, like Misty Step is called Wyvernstride, sort of nice. thing. That sort of stuff. Very cool. I want to ask more questions, but I'm also aware that we're only halfway through at Death's Door and I don't want spoilers. Can I ask you more things about where Jakarth gets his draconic nature or is that going to spoil episodes three and four of Death's Door? I don't I don't think it does. No, because um, a lot of it was explained more in Viscous Cycle than in, than in mm. Death's Door. In that case, please tell me, how did Jakarth meet Antoni and end up experimented on? And was it with his consent or was it sneaky, nasty experimentation? So Jakarth was... Jakarth was born with a very rare uh, disease, which a healer had told his parents that he wouldn't live past the age of 12. Um, They decided that they wanted to get a second opinion sort of thing, and that's when they met Antoni, and he said, you know, I can heal this, but I would have to take your son away, sort of thing. So he did. He experimented. He put, like, a concoction of different dragon, primarily red dragon blood, into an elixir and injected that into Jakarth. Uh, Jakarth was about 10 or 11 at this point, and it basically caught... That's what caused the dragon scales to form on his... On his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is no spoiler, but this is proper into the into Jakar's backstory. There was then a the fire, uh, which resulted in the, that place being destroyed, and Jakarth ended up at as a battered child at the uh, Temple of Kelenvor in Neverwinter, around the same sort of time that Rex got there, which is how they've been brought up together. Was the fire something Jakarth caused with the red dragon influence or something that just happened? He's never discovered if it was him or now that he knows a bit more about Jurok, he doesn't know if it was Jurok trying to cover his tracks sort of thing. So that's something that he's never found out. So if you survive at Death's Door, then there are still questions and still stories to be uncovered. Yes, it would have been one of the questions that I would have asked Jurok if I hadn't if we hadn't killed him at the end of this cycle. So, damn it! Well, that pesky murder. I might have to take a trip to the underworld to question him. And Jakarth sounds so fleshed out. I know sometimes when I'm making characters, I have cool class, race, voice, and like three personality bullet points, and then other times I have the like, here is the novel I wrote about my character, and Jakarth feels so detailed. Uh, Do you, yeah, where did he come from? Do you design all your characters so carefully? So the original design for Jakarth, he was in a, I played him in a homebrew campaign uh, that I thought I played him for quite a while, and he... I didn't get I didn't get along with playing that version of him. 
mm. uh, mainly because he was uh, he was like a Captain America style character who was very out of time. There'd been this thing, he was a dragonborn, but there'd been this event in history where the dragonborn had been wiped out sort of thing. And he, he had been sort of frozen in time and then came back and he just didn't fit. So mm. we sort of removed him, but I always liked the idea of him. So when I got given the option to play a character in Fisker Cycle, I thought, I'll play Jagarth. But I wanted to do it differently. So mm. I flicked through the races and I found the hybrid race and I thought that sounds quite cool because at the level that we were playing at you get to choose two options for the hybrid hybrid type things that you get. Uh, the first one was the claws which mm. gives me a climb speed and the other one was hardened skin which is the scales So, yeah. and I thought that just fit with him perfectly. And then um, speaking with Sean about potential backstory stuff and I said oh, I like the idea of him having potentially been uh, experimented on it at some point and Sean was actually the one that said well we could have that that it was Durox so that we can tie him into the campaign mm. a lot better so a lot of a lot of the real detailed stuff for Jakarth was uh, sort of a collaboration between myself and Sean so which is why I like having him where he is and then obviously Johnny and myself spoke as well about the connection that we would both have with Rex and Jakarth as well so yeah he definitely feels like a very fleshed out character. Hmm. No, he really does watching. You absolutely feel like it's not a Josh spitballing as to what he feels like doing, but Jakarth is doing this thing now. It's great fun to watch. Um, yes, bringing, bringing from a home game, but then twisting and changing and fitting into this campaign. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Sean is so good at that, at taking all the ideas you bring him and going, look, I put them together into actually something fantastic. Do you like it? You go, yes. It makes it it makes it feel like your character has been there all along. Yeah. And, and you haven't just created a character and just dropped them in. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Sean's world building and storytelling. Absolutely fantastic. I realise I have not yet rolled the dice and asked you a question. Um, shall I do that? Yes. <laughs> oh, I thought we could just keep chatting. If we get a five to a six, the question is, what is your favourite shape? You have been warned. <laughs> um, however, you didn't. You got a 71, which is... ooby dooby doo Ooh, interesting. Um, what skill would you most like proficiency in, in real life? Hmm. I have to cast character sheet open here, so I'm just having a quick look. Um, I'd say perception. It's 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 a, it's a toss up between perception and acrobatics. Mm. I'd say I like I like the idea of being able to flip, jump, and somersault around everywhere. I don't have the body for that, so but I do like the idea of being able to perceive things, especially from a distance. My, my eyesight is quite good. Anyway, I'm not bragging, but my eyesight is quite good anyway. <laughs> of all the things to brag about, being able to see stuff, I feel, is a lot. I went for an optician's appointment a long time, uh, two, three years ago. It had been my first one in like 11 years because I'm naughty. And they said that I had better than 20-20 vision, which I, I didn't even realise was a thing. So, yeah, I'd be more perceptive. <laughs> So what you're saying is you're basically the human form of a peregrine falcon. 
Yeah. Great. If um, you had to do it the other way, if you had to absolutely dump um, an ability, what what would you pick? Um, I was looking at intimidation then, but then no. Um, oh, I don't know. I would have said animal handling because I like animals, hmm. but I never wanted to have any pets or anything like that. I have a rabbit now and Aww. lo and behold I love the thing to bits so <laughs> it wouldn't be that um, I can't say performance because I wouldn't be doing this if it was performance it'd probably be religion fair if I'm honest I don't follow any particular real world religion I have my own beliefs but yeah I'd say it'd be that yeah makes sense you just made me slightly sad thinking, I think I already have dumped animal handling. I'm allergic to everything. It's very upsetting. Dogs are so great. The big dogs that are big enough for like a small child to ride are incredible. And I will never have one. That's sad. <laughs> it's very sad. Um, there, are, You know, I'll cope. But uh, fantastic. Do you want another question? Or should we yes. go back to the another question and then back to the vessel? Yeah. Okay, let's see where we're going this time. Well, I just I just imagined that, you know, as soon as Jakarth and the Fae descended into the ship, that mm -hmm. the pair of us just materialised on the ship on deck on deck chairs and just sitting there sipping drinks and having this conversation Ooh. while Jakarth's in a <laughs> going from hell below. Yep, the fe uh, yep. I want a mojito and a parasol. And we yeah, are life is yep, good. Sounds good. Unseen servants floating around, just giving us giving us drinks and oh, drink coffee. Sounds fantastic. Um, I was rolling. What was I rolling? I apologise. No, 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 don't ever. Um, you, your, um, what you had to say was much more interesting than me rolling some dice. Oh, okay. Who would play your characters? So you can pick Jakarth or a different one or several. Who would play your character in the screen adaptation and what genre would their biography be? Mm, I've had this question before. Oh, we can have a different one if you'd like. Oh no, I think I'm going to change it up. Uh, no, actually, the question I had before was to do with Garnot and I gave the answer for Garnot and that was... Uh, Taryn Edgerton as Garnot, and then Patrick Stewart was the voice of Roger. Oh, perfect. Which yeah. I thought was quite cool. So for Jakarth, that's interesting. Ooh, um, hang on. Uh, da -da -da -da. Hang on, just quickly flicking through. It would have to be... Um, I'm going to say a young Tom Welling, because Ooh. Smallville Ooh. was probably one of the most influential TV series for me personally growing up. So I would say a young season one, season two, a small little Tom Welling. What was it about the show that you found so influential? I hated Superman growing up. I thought he was the most OP superhero and I didn't see, other than Kryptonite, I didn't see how he could be beaten by anything. Yeah. It wasn't until Smilville showed the vulnerable side, because I wasn't a big comic book reader growing mm -hmm. up. Um, it was more Superman and Lois, the Christopher Reeves movies and all of that sort of stuff. And although it shows a little bit of vulnerability, he always won. Whereas yeah. with the series, it really showed the human side of him. 
and that just registered with me a lot more than other superhero based shows or films that have come out since yeah no that's a really good point there's probably something profound to say about masculinity there if 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 one wanted to isn't there that someone can be superman and amazing and invulnerable and a hero and is also allowed to be human and have feelings i'd say that that actually the, the closest that any superhero genre has gotten to the level that's that smallville did was supergirl the cw version of supergirl. i love the cw version yeah. of i know it's cringe but it makes me so happy <laughs> It's just that level of vulnerability that they bring to the character. Um, yeah, I just think it's—I just think it's really good. Amazing. Yeah, um, so my answer was a young Tom Welling. A young Tom Welling. Yeah, I had that's yeah that has changed slightly how I think of Jakarth. I think I would have gone for a Richard Armitage. Um, mm-hmm. Possibly just because of G's art with the long hair makes him look quite a lot like Richard Armitage in um, the Hobbit. Yes. He is dwarfing it up there. Yes. That that is actually part of it's actually part of where the design came from for Jakarth in a viscous cycle. Whereas I just watched the Hobbit films and I was like, I like that. He's got shorter hair in um at Death's Door, but mm. uh yeah, that's that's where the original design came from. I feel of. very smug that I noticed. And or G is a genius. Probably that one. Both. I never made. I I only made it halfway through the first Hobbit movie, and I couldn't keep going. I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy so much. We watch the extended edition annually, pretty much. But the Hobbit is one very small children's book. It does not need to be a nine-hour trilogy. It's not. Mm. No. <laughs> no. No. I tried so hard to like it because I love the book, and all the cast was so good, and the cinematography was beautiful, but. Nothing happens. I'm I'm one of the very few people that I know that actually likes the Rings of Power. Oh, okay. I like the Rings of Power. I think it's good. Is that the Amazon series? Yes, the Amazon Prime. Ah, yeah, the Amazon I Prime series. Amazon Prime, so I have not watched it, but I have heard very mixed things. Why do you like it? I convince it, our viewers. Go. <laughs> it is. It just it feels fantasy to me even though it's got a lot of the it's got a few of the characters that you'd see in the lord of the rings books like Galadriel and elrond and all of that and it hints to other characters as well from the hobbit it's still it it's still it just feels like a almost like a generic fantasy hmm. sort of thing which is something that we've not really had i know obviously game of thrones and house of dragon are two massive fantasy yeah. Series, but they're very political, and also a bit horrible. Yeah, they can be a bit gruesome at times. But yeah, this one is it. It just, I don't know. It just, it just, it it gives me a feeling of playing a D and D game. It makes me feel like I'm a child again, watching Lord of the Rings for the first time because I thought Lord of the Rings was cheesy as hell when I was growing up. That is good to know. I think that is the most convincing pitch for it I have yet heard. Um, we will have to try Rings of Power at some point. Now, I could stay here talking about um, Supergirl and Smallville and um, Lord of the Rings for a very long time, but probably we should go put Jakar through his paces a bit more. How does that sound? 
Sounds good. He he needs to stretch his legs a bit more. He's he Before was squatted in that bush for a long time. Yeah. How how is how is he feeling sitting in that bush? He he's used to it. To be honest, he, he's hunt. He's a hunter. You know, he, he'd squat in a bush for a long time to hunt something. So he's used to it. But it doesn't mean that it's not a bit sort of creaky or a bit stiff in his knees. Fair. Well, we'll give him. I'll see if we can find a dungeon puzzle that will, you know, do some nice knee exercises. Um, you blink, Jakarth, and um, the, you assume that the Fae has had a chat with this Josh character because she is no longer blocking your exit from this corridor. Um, in front of you, there is another door. This one is strangely translucent. It looks like it's made of some kind of gauze and just sort of shimmers, blowing gently in a non-existent breeze. Very different from the dripping, smelly stone death corridor that you've just been through. Would you like to push your way through? Yeah, I'll see if my hand goes through it first. Why don't you roll me a d100 and I'll tell you. <laughs> mm. That sounds rather interesting. Oh, wait, 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 hang on, need the sound effect. <laughs> that is a 71. 71, that's very close to where we've already been. Oh, oh. Um, you push your way through this shimmering gauze and it does in fact let you through, but it seems to, sort of as it flows over you, seems to spread out into the room beyond you, which is stunningly beautiful. It is full of um, mirrors and crystals just reflecting prisms across the walls. Um, whatever Jakarth finds the most beautiful. What does Jakarth find the most beautiful? What, in terms of like, um, like a visual beauty yeah. type thing? Or, or yeah, it know. doesn't have to be as specific as home decor, but what would Jakarth <laughs> look at and go, that is beautiful? It would be uh, like a, the view of the horizon when it, in the top of a tree or uh, on the top of a cliff, just looking out of forests, cities, everything, all that sort of stuff in the distance with the sun or the moon, depending on what time of day it is. Probably the moon, he likes dark. Gorgeous. Well, in that case, amidst all these shimmering prism reflections thrown up along the wall, you also spot shadows and patterns of intertwining tree branches, leaves, um, interlacing and spreading this lovely shadow canopy across the walls and the floor and the ceiling. And through the gaps, you see what surely is starlight um, and perched on what seems to be a branch extending from the wall in front of you is the moon. It's small, but it's perfect and it's beautiful. So beautiful that you cannot help yourself. You step towards it, mesmerized. Um, would you like to take a close look at this moon, Jakarth? I am mesmerized by it. I would very much like to take a close look at it. Well, it is beautiful, but it seems to be encased in something with a stalk. It is not a moon. It is an eyeball. This beauty is in the eye of a beholder. And oh. it's turning its anti-magic cone towards you. How are you going to get out of this one? 
Is is it just an open space that I'm in, or are there are there little bits of trees and trunks and? Do you have a preference? I'd like there to be a lot of things for me to jump off of. I think, to be fair, that's just more fun than an empty room. Yes, let's say lots of the shadows are carefully hidden, lamp, lamps and lighting, but lots of them are still spread from stumps, branches. Um, there isn't. There are some actual trees, not very high, we are indoors, but with some branches spreading and knotting and weaving. Otherwise, the room would not be so beautiful. So yes, you have quite a playground if you would like it. I would very much like to use the playground to run up, sort of using the branches as stepping stones to try and get up and over the magical eye, anti-magic eyeball. I don't trust eyeballs. I've lived and fought against the bloat. I've seen a friend get infected by it. I've seen yes. different degrees of different degrees of uh, mutations that have come from it and I know what a beholder is so I'm going to run up as high as I can and then I'm going to almost jump and sort of cartwheel flip in the air with my bar and arrow out and as I get over the top of the eyeball directly directly above it I'm going to fire a couple of arrows into it to hopefully destroy it very nice. I hadn't thought that, but of all the characters to introduce to a beholder, <laughs> it's the one who's facing the bloat, that most horrible of plagues. Um, you are very agile as Jakarth, aren't you? You're acrobatic very. something nuts. Plus, plus five. So yeah. For some reason, I'm not proficient in it. I should be, but I'm not. I don't know why. Well, let's see if that spells your downfall. Hmm. Let's see. Well, my beholder rolled a nat one. Um, you skewer that moon straight in its eyeball, um, and a beholder lets out. What noise do you think a beholder makes? I've never had to think about this before. I don't know. Right, yes. <laughs> you would expect something fleshy and disgusting and awe-inspiring, and instead, as this arrow skewers the eye stalk, it goes like a slightly alarmed sheep and um, flails trying to dislodge your arrow from smack bang in the middle of its eye. What would you like to do? Uh, as I land, sort of probably a fair distance away from it, can I see the beholder itself or is it just a stalk that's attached to the bible you are good at perceiving now that you've had a little bit of time for your eyes to adjust and you aren't quite so transfixed by all the shifting um shadows and that beautiful beautiful moon you can in fact see the shape of the beholder that was camouflaged quite well but now is quite clearly outlined against the light i'd like to attempt insight Ooh. to see if this beholder I can I can hear that it is in pain but does it seem it probably is now because I've heard it but does it seem like it is uh, a threat is it lying in wait to attack whoever comes in or is it um... friendly that's a fantastic question. How insightful is Jakarth? 
if I was to give it a number, I'd say a plus six. Oh, so very. Um, you, you look at this beholder and it looks back at you in pain. And the thing you feel most is absolute astonishment that anyone is bothering to take a moment and see for the beholder's intentions. This poor creature has lived its entire existence just being summoned to destroy um, lost adventurers and then being dismissed again into the phase, just sort of pocket dimensions where she keeps these creatures. Um, and so the idea that actually someone cares enough to stop for a moment and discern its intentions rather than just killing it. Um, as the beholder gazes back at you, though I imagine Jakarth finds the many eyeballs quite disconcerting, you yep. do feel um, that this beholder is moved by your compassion and bl it blinks at you mournfully. I will put my bow away and raise my hands at it. It kills you. No, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> Disintegrate! <laughs> I'm sorry. I can remove that and patch you up if you don't kill me. All the eyes swivel to look at you and then very gently just droop down. I'll move over to where the arrow is in the eyeball. I apologise now. This is going to hurt, but I will fix it and I will place my hand where has the arrow gone right through the eye and you got a bullseye so I will take hold of the bottom part where the arrowhead is and then I will take hold of the top part with the eye in the middle and I will snap the top part off and just discard it that was the least painful part you just hear it Meh. on the count of three one two and I pull the ah! the other bit out and as soon as I pull that out, I instantly throw the arrow to the floor and I put both of my hands on top of the eyeball. Uh, normally I can't do this to other creatures, but I'm certainly going to try it with you. And I'm going to use my Draconic Healing, which is Cure Wounds, and I'm going to cast it on it at second level because I'm nice. Ah, the um, Beholder gives a little shimmy of relief um, and the ice talk kind of nuzzles up against you. You feel like once upon a time this may have been a proud and independent intelligent creature but having been left alone for so long this is the most affection or personal contact it's had in a very long time. I realise that as a beholder you're probably inclined to kill anything but if I've learned anything from my friend Eltrion is that beholders can be nice creatures and not always killy killy so I apologize for just assuming but when you see an eyeball when you've been through what I've been through you shoot first and then ask questions so I apologize um the beholder looks understanding at you and then scurries to where you can see a sort of nest den area and rummages and then rolls across the floor to you something that tinkles across the floor as it goes do you pick it up uh, uh, yeah, yeah sure I'll kneel down and pick it up 
It is a little vial. It is full of um, sparkling gold liquid that has like little glittery motes inside it. Oh, uh, thank you. Do you want me to drink this now or can I take this with me? There is no reply. It, from the movement of the beholder, it is doing something it is not meant to do. So it suddenly goes, I, I did nothing. I am a very ferocious beholder. I have not done anything. Oh it no, ow, oh yes, no, this beholder is going to hurt me. It looks at you enthusiastically and <laughs> gestures towards the door. I'll pocket, I'll pocket the item and then I will walk to the door and I'll just give him a, give him a little, give it a little nod and a salute as I walk out the door. Very nice. Um, you make it out the door and standing in between you and the next door in just a little sort of porch area the fae is waiting and she looks unimpressed what was that hi what was what i mean it was imaginative and creative and ingenious and don't believe any of that oh poor me nonsense it has a very nice life but what did it give you i have no idea i know it, i can't i couldn't see but i know it gave you something oh no i didn't deny that it didn't give me anything but I have no idea what it is. Hmm. I could have a look if you liked. Hmm. I mean, are you going to hurt it? No, I would never. Hmm. I mean, to, to be fair, the, the challenges that you've put me through so far have been quite fun, actually. It's, it's definitely, definitely got me to stretch my legs. It's... Uh, allowed me to uh, show parts of myself that I haven't done before. So, I mean, uh, yeah, you can certainly have a look at it and I'll pop it and drink it. <laughs> um, the Faye also laughs. She is impressed by your absolute gall. Um, and if you pass her the empty bottle, <laughs> she will dip a finger and... ah. Well, that negates a conversation we were going to have in a few minutes, which was if you wanted to remember this or not. I hope you did, because that was the gift of memories. So you will be my first ever guest to remember this. Well, thank you very much. I mean, it has definitely been a pleasure to be here. Um, I will remember this. I have no intention of telling anybody about it, but um, it's just nice to have memories of the places you've been. Why do you think if you told people about it, they might think you were stark raving off your rocker? No, I, I just feel that if other people heard about it, they might want to come to your lovely boat and potentially kill the things that are inside here. Or take away the nice, lovely boat from you. <laughs> they could try. But you think if people heard about me, they might want to come? I reckon so. I mean, this is oh. a very inviting boats i mean the challenges are difficult i i reckon a an, an adventurer of any caliber would want to at least try and pass these challenges um if there's any more for me to do i would certainly like to come back and do them 
I am so pleased. I'd always try to make it inviting, and yet people turn up and are often just so rude and go, well, it's not a boat, or oh, you're mean and scary. And I try and make exciting challenges and spur people on with, you know, a little bit of passive aggression just so they don't feel that things are too easy and being handed to them and then they're always so pleased to get away it's you're definitely scary i'm not going to deny you that you're definitely scary but i think that adds to the charm of this place if, if that's the correct phrasing for it i like it to be charming in many many ways if you ever meet the illusionist will you tell her that you think i'm very scary and very charming of course, yes. I, I have no idea who that is, but if somebody oh. comes up to me and says, I'm the illusionist, I will say that. She does say that. She sort of goes, haha, I'm the illusionist, and she's quite scary, and I pretend to be just as scary, but she is a little bit intimidating. You're plenty intimidating. You say the nicest things. Now, um, we are very nearly out of time, which does make me quite sad. You wouldn't like to just stay here with me, would you? I mean, I'd certainly come back. I have I have other things that I need to do right now. But bush, if it's the squatting in the bush. Yeah, I mean, but if there's other things, that, you know, if there's an open invitation for me to come back, I'd certainly come back and have tea and crumpets on the deck with you and stuff, and maybe we could run this challenge a couple more times, yeah? That sounds lovely. Well, then, why don't we? Because... We never we, we we glanced on it and then we moved away and now I just uh, I really do want to know the answer. Um, Josh, what is the best shape? <laughs> oh, the best shape. Best shape or my favourite shape? Let's find the specific question that I feel was a Tom question because all the silly ones are your favourite shape. What is your favourite shape? My favourite shape. Oh, that is a that is a difficult one. Um, Tom. Tom, um, star is that a shape? Star shape is a nice a star's one. Star is a shape. Yeah. Why is a star your favourite shape, Josh? Because it's the first one that came to my mind that wasn't a circle, square, or rectangle or triangle. Oh, I would love if someone came in and was like, my favourite shape is a rectangle because I like rectangles. It's a good shape. I like a rhombus. <laughs> circle is the best shape because it's infinite yeah yeah you make a solid point and parallelogram's the worst because you can't spell it yes or say it sometimes uh, yes that one say that three times fast all those diction exercises at drama school they pay off <laughs> you'll need them in your career rebecca they say well um with that knowledge that a circle is the best shape, but a star is your favorite shape, um, we will wave goodbye to Jakarth from the vessel of veracity. Um, I think normally she might just push you off the boat, but um, the Fae makes a great show of um, gesturing you down a rope ladder onto a neat little sailing dinghy that will take you back. Once, one, um because you asked for it, uh, allow me to just quickly do this and I'll place my hand on the boat and as much as I can before I disappear, I will cast Druid Calf to make some ivies pop up in certain places around the boat. Not just random places, but places that would make it look nice, fit with the, what's the word, fuang shui of the, of the ship sort of thing. 
gorgeous. Um, the Fae looks very touched um, and then embarrassed about being touched and so quickly waves her hand and as she waves, winds fill your sails, send you off and you are back creeping in a bush in Neverwinter in the dark. Are you in the dark? I'm just assuming you're in the dark. You can see Tessalin and Arcana sitting opposite me and they're talking about something and I just have a big grin on my face. Incredible. You are the first person to make it through the fate with your memories intact. I am deeply impressed. And um, with that wholesome bit of fluff, that is all we have time for. (laughs) So um, thank you, Josh, so much. It was absolutely and utterly delightful. It is always great to talk to you. And Jakarth is also very lovely. and to all of you watching, thank you again for joining us for Talking is a Free Action. You find us here every Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Sometimes we talk together, which is more of our interview rather than Crystal May's Room of Horrors slight weirdness. But either way, it's always a great time. And on Mondays and Tuesdays, 6 to 9 p.m. GMT, we stream our D&D games where you can follow the adventures of people just like Jakarth. You can, in fact, follow adventures of people exactly like Jakarth on Mondays for the next two weeks because At Death's Door has its episodes three and four. Sean is DMing, Josh is in it, the rest of the cast are also spectacular. It is not one to miss. And then on Tuesday, Tuesdays, we are continuing with our long-running campaign, Fracture. Um, I'm in it, but don't let that stop you watching it. It is great fun, and shenanigans are afoot, as they always are in a Chris DM'd stream. Um, all of this streams at twitch.tv forward slash RPG. VODs are available immediately after the stream to catch up, and you can find all our content on YouTube and on podcasts as well. Huge thanks once again to our lovely D20 Club on Patreon. If you'd like to support us, you can do so from as little as one of your local currencies per month. Um, and thank you again to all of our sponsors and supporters, um, which leaves us, Jakarth, as you sail away just before you wake up in your bush with a grin on your face you see um a pennant unfurl from the mast of the vessel of veracity and you can just make out picked out in classy silver lettering stay classy at the table